Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Times Business podcast where we're going to be taking a closer look really at the well the event of the coming week that's certainly going to move markets, currencies and uh, dominate the headlines as well. I'm Robert Miller. I'm joined this week by Alexandra Freen, business columnist of the Times, Robert Lee, our industrial editor, and Alex Ralph, business correspondent of the Times. Welcome to you all. Um, let's just backtrack for a second to the start of the election and uh, here's how Theresa May set out the landscape. The choice you now face is all about the future. Whoever wins on the 8th of June will face one overriding task to get the best possible deal for this United Kingdom from Brexit. And in the last few days, we have seen just how tough these talks are likely to be. Britain's negotiating position in Europe has been misrepresented in the continental press. The European Commission's negotiating stance has hardened. Threats against Britain have been issued by European politicians and officials. All of these acts have been deliberately timed to affect the result of the general election that will take place on the 8th of June. Bob, let me just start there with you. Um, a bit like Millwall, isn't it? Everybody hates us and we don't care. Do you think we've learned anything now that the finish line is in sight that will reassure business? looking to the future after the election. Well if you can name something that we have learned then uh, we're away but I don't think we have have we? Um we we're, we're no clearer on what Brexit means and the prime minister is talking about Brexit there. Uh the times over the last week's been doing a series on uh, the impact on of Brexit on ports uh and the recurring line is that the ports just don't know how they're going to be coping with Brexit. Uh they're fed this line of uh no deal is better than a bad deal but it just leaves incredible uncertainty. Alex, you've seen this too, Alex Ralph, and the sort of market areas and the sectors that you cover, haven't you? That is it immigration? Is it lack of ability to plan ahead for investment, or is it a combination? Do you think that most worries the company chief executives you talk to? There's a, a sort of general anti-business sort of patter which business seems to be picking up from from Theresa May, Theresa May's government. Um, which they didn't seem to like. But I think, obviously, Labour would be a different kettle of fish altogether. But even though the polls are narrowing, I don't think they're they're believing that that's going to happen at this stage. Bob, you went to Dover and we had Greg Cameron going to Leith and Marcus LaRue went to Belfast. You say it's a common theme, but there must be different problems surely facing each of these individual ports, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. Every port is actually different. Uh, but something like Dover 
17% of goods by value in the UK come through the port of Dover. They don't know what the passporting of these goods, what the arrangements actually going to be. They are fairly aware that they need to put up some IT systems to deal with whatever happens next. And we're uh, 22, 22 months away from exit triggering. They just want some certainty. Maybe they'll get some certainty soon after June the 8th. Uh, but I wouldn't bet on it. It's interesting that Bob there mentions uh, IT systems. You would think that this would be a wonderful opportunity for all the software companies to do some what they call reg tech um, about the new regulations. Of course, it isn't an opportunity because nobody has the faintest idea what, what, what they're going to be. And I would just say, you know, just to echo what um, both Bob and Alex said, and I've said this before on these podcasts, and I sound like a broken record, is that in the tech sector, you know, the, the big issue is skills. They are very worried about what our policies on immigration are going to be. I talked to a lot of um, early stage companies that, you know, the, these could be the big corporations, the British corporations of tomorrow, and they are very worried about um, not being able to hire people from abroad. We don't have our, enough homegrown talent. And it's just going on and on and on. And it is hampering um, not just people's growth, but it's hampering their ability to attract investment now. And that's, that's the same sort of sentiment in the pharmaceutical industry, which is um, is one of the industries which the government has uh, promoted as a, as a priority in its industrial strategy. But if um, the immigration reforms that they want to hit do materialise, then that's obviously a big worry for pharma which relies um, heavily on skilled foreign workers. But even outside Brexit, there's some extraordinary uncertainty going around two bits of legislation that we're expecting in the new parliament, uh, which is one round industrial strategy and one round corporate governance reform. Uh, both of these are being slightly are seen as sort of slightly anti-business, but there are no guarantees that the, the current business secretary, Greg Clark, will be in position as of June the 8th. And we just can't actually wait what outside of corporate government, we just can't continue to wait for what an industrial strategy might look like. Do you see, though, in the future that for businesses in general, and I suppose this trickles down to investors, doesn't it, that what Alex has talked about, it's immigration is almost more important than investment plans because if we don't have the skills to develop our own systems, and you covered, obviously, the, the British Airways tech disaster that was, I mean, we still need a lot of help. And if we don't get it, then we are in danger of falling behind, not just in technology terms, but as Alex said, in pharma and developments and young companies coming along, biotechs. But immigration is a very serious issue for micro businesses, businesses of less than 10 people, where there might be uh, low skills needed. And those personnel, those jobs are actually filled by migrant, the migrant community. If there are restrictions on that, then a lot of micro businesses just don't know where to go to fulfil that employment need. And I suppose it's spreading it out, looking at one of the areas that is, I mean, the Times has actually been looking at and, and highlighted, that if you don't get, for example, the NHS, certain skills you need to import, or people who act as carers, for example, many of them come from Europe and, and work on, on shift systems. And that presumably feeds down to local areas and local businesses even more so perhaps than the big companies that can afford to be a bit fleeter of foot. Sad to say, Robert, you're, you're, you're sounding like what the certain Tory MPs will call the metropolitan elite and the media whinging on about this. But um, I'm a Devonian, aren't I? But, <laughs> indeed, he lives on in, a farm. He has sheep <laughs> well, in not, the garden. Because <laughs> okay. well, I couldn't afford the lawnmower. He, he's a member of the media and the metropolitan elite uh, during the week. Um, but uh, everything that you say is an issue. 
and I don't think the Conservative Party can continue to blame people whinging about the effects of Brexit when they patently aren't coming up with any solutions as yet. Looking, I mean, we were talking about, you, you've seen some of the results. We've had first group out some of the transport sectors. People used to say, well, they've got a bit like the utility companies, wouldn't it? For investors, you can go to them because they've got the contracts, they run the railway lines. I mean, is, is there any danger of them of it? from an economic slowdown point of view or from investing in much needed equipment on their outdated railway lines. Do you think that could happen? Uh, it's a serious issue. Uh, first group have come out with some figures. Um, and in the UK, they have a number of issues. Uh, they have a slowing economy. The number of passengers going by uh, train and by bus is growing at much lower rates than had been thought and uh, lower than uh, GDP growth. But there are also issues, I mean, individual regional issues. So something like GWR, Great Western Railway, which uh, you are a devotee of, um, it's not quite how I'd have put it. Indeed. There are um, such delays on electrification of that line that people have begun giving up on the service. On the buses around the country, people have given up going on the buses because of the amount of congestion. These are issues that can be dealt with. They've got nothing to do with Brexit. They've got nothing to do with the underlying effect of the economy. But these are issues that aren't being dealt with by government. And presumably then impact on the bottom line, which obviously affects the dividends that people used to look out for. And in the case of First Group, they haven't paid a dividend in four years. No, and still not likely to, are they? Not just yet, no. I suppose that issue of congestion is also, as Bob well knows, affecting National Express and in the Midlands. And um, I think one of the first things uh, that the company's done since um, the new mayor, Andy Street, has been elected is to, is to start lobbying him to, to try and sort out that congestion. Yeah, but where are they likely to feature, though, on, on the priority list? I mean, they're going to be banging the drum. Andy Burnham does it. Here's all the new mayors want more funding, but they're not really going to be top of anybody's priority list in central government, are they? No, I'm sure there's plenty of people beating a, a beating down Mr Street's door. Um, they're obviously a huge employer in the area, so I'm sure they have a certain amount of priority. Looking, I suppose, at all of this, one of the things that, that, that investors look out for is clearly the currency effect. And we see this going up and down, up and down. Uh, as to sort of who's ahead in the polls or what sort of trade deals we're likely to do. Bob, you first. Do you see a flaw for sterling, i.e., I mean, it's been around sort of 128, it's been a buck above 130 to the pound, but do you think people have been talking about 120? That would have a serious effect on people's bottom lines, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course it would in the, in the wider economy. In the corporate sector, we're coming around now to almost the one-year anniversary of the collapse in sterling. A lot of companies' uh, figures have been flattered by their exposure to overseas currencies, and mostly the, the dollar. That's going to start unwinding very quickly. And the real impact of the slowdown in the British economy will begin to be more starkly seen. And of course, Alex Ralph, retailers have borrowed a lot of money. I mean, you have covered the retail sector in depth, haven't you? And is there a worry that people have actually just been keeping going on plastic rather than real incomes and that it has to come a reckoning? Yeah, and I think we're starting to see signs of of that of that slowing consumer confidence and, and spending. And, and most recently this week, we had figures from the retail, from the shopping sector, from the supermarkets, which showed that once again discounters were were seeing strong sales growth compared to the the, the incumbents of you know Tesco, Sainsbury, Asda, and Morrison. And I think that shows that people are once again going elsewhere. Alex Freen, this is your first. UK election for a while since uh, you came back from America. Are you heartened? What's your overall impression, really, of the campaign so far compared with the many uh, presidential elections that you looked at and obviously uh, across the United States? 
Well, I feel at this point in this very gloomy podcast that it's beholden to me to be cheerful and positive and upbeat because our poor listeners are probably really miserable at this point. But um, I, I can't really think of anything cheerful to say. What I would say, though, is... You know, we've been, everyone's been talking about the opinion polls, which, you know, we, we know are wrong always. We know that people that read them never take account of the margin of error. They never take proper account of the fact that nearly a fifth of voters don't decide who to vote for until they cast their ballot. And we know that there are all kinds of fancy new models that the pollsters are trying to do that are slightly misleading. So I think that we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that the Tories have got a lead. They're probably going to win. And in that case, what we should be hearing from the other parties is not a narrative of, well, in government, I would do this, but what are they going to do in opposition to hold this government to account? What are they going to do to put some meat on the bones and to end this uncertainty that is facing the community that the three of us write about? And, and I think that's been lacking. I know that's not the upbeat thing, but I just, I just feel it's really important to say because they're not really facing up to their responsibilities if they're going to pretend, you know, if the Lib Dems think, you know, in government, we will blah, blah, blah. No, they won't because they won't be in government. What they could do is hold Theresa May's feet to the fire and try and get a little bit more detail on where we're heading. That's a good point. Bob? I think there's uh, some very good reasons for the business community to be very gloomy because uh, the Labour Party uh, under Jeremy Corbyn is very anti-business and the Conservative Party under Theresa May is quite anti-business. <laughs> there, are, there, are, there doesn't seem to be a lot of upside for the business community. Alex, would you agree with Alex well, Roth? And I presume that's stemming from the electorate, which is still feeling pretty sore from the fallout from the financial crisis and, you know, years of austerity. Well, thanks all very much for cheering me up there. It was so much better. Anyway, don't forget that's about it for now, but we'll also be hearing... Actually, we're all smiling, don't worry. We'll also be hearing uh, some results from Auto Trader and the budget airline Flybe, which no doubt, Bob, you'll be looking at. Uh, you'll find all that and, of course, the other news and analysis online on your phones, tablets... And don't forget the paper. And if you'd like to become a subscriber, just sign up at thetimes.co.uk. And you can also then get our daily morning and lunchtime business emails. If you want to hear us weekly, do subscribe through iTunes and uh, do feel free to post your comments. We'd love to hear from you. My thanks, as always, to Alexandra Freen, Robert Lee and Alex Ralph. They're on Twitter and they're going to be very busy. So do follow them. Please join us again next week. And uh, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.